Coming up today, why playing with others can be so much more fun, even if you can't make them do the thing the way you want them to do it. Welcome to Morning Creative. I am Mark Stedman, and I've had some of the most fun I've ever had collaborating with others. I started a show in 2017 with my friends called Beware of the Leopard. In 2019, I joined an improv group, actually sort of co-founded it, called OK Stop. One of the the people that I co-founded it with invited me to do some voice work for an animation that he was working on, um, which was about a sentient uh, and then depressed tube of toothpaste. Uh, I also voiced a sea shanty uh, with some of my friends that I did the podcast with. That was all about Jackie Weaver. And I recorded a version of Don't Stop Believing during the pandemic with my family because we were all stuck in our homes and I was going insane. So collaborations are useful for so many things and in so many ways. They they stretch us to do new things and to try stuff that we maybe didn't think was possible or didn't know we might really enjoy and actually be good at. And they make our own project better. They teach us things about other people's crafts as well, and they can expose us to new audiences. And it's also, it's just grown-up playtime, and there's always... More, there's always a reason for more grown-up playtime. I think, and it's it's it offers a bit of a break from the usual. You know, whatever it is you usually do, it gives you a chance to to have a play and do something different. So, where can we find some people to collaborate with? For me, I'm thinking uh, out in the real world. You've got classes and courses. Um, that's how I've met uh, quite a few people. Social media absolutely can do this as well, but I think it takes a bit longer because you've got to build that bond. Whereas if you start meeting people and you you study something together, whether it's maybe improv or a life drawing class, you know, something like that, as long as that's something you're interested in, you are then more likely to hopefully meet one or two people there that you might want to do something with and, and have a bit of fun with. Meetups, you know, a similar kind of thing. If you, you're going to them regularly, maybe you see someone and get chatting about their work and you find it interesting you like the work that they do and you think oh actually maybe there's you know we could uh, we could work on something and i think this works a lot better if you have a specific project in mind you know if you're going to approach someone to collaborate with it's a lot easier if you can think this is you know the the thing that i want to make and i need some help in in creating that vision if you like or bringing it to life i think it's a lot harder if you just sort of go I want to collaborate with someone, you know? I want to dance with somebody, with somebody who loves me. Um, it can be a little bit trickier to, to to find that person. You know, if you're just thinking, I should collaborate, you know, it's it, having something in mind and then thinking who is going to complement the skills that I've got, that is uh, the best way to get into this thing. And we'll we'll talk about this as we go through, but I think one of the key things there is don't keep your ideas too rigid you know, if you do have an idea for something that you want to make, try and hold it relatively loosely because it's going to change and it's worth remembering or thinking about, is this a full-on partnership or are you being a little bit more directorial? And kind of to that end, I think there's a, there is a difference here and a thing that we need to be aware of in terms of whether we're going for a, a full collaboration where we're all pitching in and we're all doing our part and creating our thing and using our voice, or do you just want a favour from someone? Because that's completely fine. You know, if, 
basically, I, the way I look at this is if you're telling someone not to do something, then that's not really a collaboration. If you're not going to give other people credit, that's also not a collaboration. And there may be legitimate reasons why you're not doing that, but that then is more into you're just asking someone for a favour territory. Or maybe it's, you know, there, there is a bit more of a quid pro quo kind of arrangement there versus something that is a bit more open and a bit more free and a bit more, you know, it has a bit more equilibrium to it. Again, I think both are fine, but you need to be aware of those boundaries, you know. I, for a very short time, I was a sidekick on someone's live stream and they said, don't use your last name, don't talk about any stuff that you do. You know, that it was basically the him, the him show, which is, again, like, absolutely fine. But he set that boundary right from the beginning rather than expecting me to know that and then me accidentally crash into it, you know? And so then it's like, okay, I'm doing him a favour, you know? And that's absolutely fine, and it's fun. You know, I still enjoy it. It's not like uh, I've sacrificed, you know, uh, 90 minutes of my time and he should be grateful. No, no, no. But it is just, it's a its a slightly different thing here. I don't get that much out of it, other than it's fun to have a laugh and a joke for 90 minutes. You know, it's not going to expose me to a new audience. It's not going to help really forward my creative career. But it's fun to hang out for 90 minutes, and so that's fine. Ideally, I think you both should be able to say, I made this, and be right. I think if, if, that's, if that's what you've got, if you can, you know, if both or all parties can say... I made this thing and that be true without someone else going, did you, or did you just do a bit on it? You know, if that feels true, then you've got a real collaboration on your hands. So some things to bear in mind, I think Um, if it is a true collaboration, like I said, you have to be okay with it going a different way from maybe what you imagined. You can influence, but it's not wholly your project necessarily, unless you set that, intention uh right from the beginning you know i think if we think about collaboration sometimes collaborations just happen organically and, and maybe you you almost kind of wander in or stumble into one but often i think usually one person goes to another person or to a party and says i would like to do something with you and at that point you've then got to think about who is taking ownership and is there some directorial status if you like that needs to be set up here if not, then you have to be willing to give up some control. And if you find that difficult, then, you know, maybe what you are asking for is a bit more of a favour. If you've got a clear picture of a thing in your mind of like, this is how I want it to look, then you're you're either directing someone and they need to be okay with that. This is not necessarily a, a complete egalitarian or, or completely uh, democratic environment it's like no no like yes this is a collaboration but i am in charge you need to be able to set that right from the beginning so that everybody knows um that said like collaborations can be made up of of two or three people or more where they all have equal weight it doesn't necessarily mean that someone has to be in charge there's a, a podcast a weekly podcast that i listen to it's all about tech and it's hosted by three people and each one of them is in charge one is in charge of the edit one is in charge of the running order, preparing what they're going to talk about, and then the other one actually drives the show and keeps it running. And so you you sort of notice that pattern as it as it goes. And so each one has got their bit of the of the process kind of locked up. But it's very much all three of them would say this is a podcast I make, 
and they would be completely right. It is a true collaboration. There is not one person in that partnership that really owns the product, if you like. So speaking of the product, what happens if you end up making something with a partner? What happens if you collaborate with someone and then you don't like what comes out of it? I think this is tricky and... I don't know if there's a simple answer to this, but it's on my mind. So uh, if you want me to dig into this deeper uh, and, and and actually do some research and do some big thinking about it, then let me know. Mark at morningcreative.fm is my email address. But to me, it does suggest maybe you need a clearer vision for the project because it's probably you who's come to the project. right? I mean, if someone's come to you and you've collaborated with them, uh, on a thing, and then you, you're like, oh, I don't really love the output of this, then that's a slightly different question and could be a whole topic in and of itself as well. Like, you know, how do you how do you navigate that kind of nicely? You know, you, you've lent your voice or you've lent your your skills or, or something to something, and then what comes out at the end, like, is not something that necessarily you feel represents you. That's a whole other thing to navigate. But if it's a project that you've... Uh, directed, if you like, if you are the person who's who's set up this collaboration and you don't really love what's come out of it, then, I mean, it, I don't know if I have any advice for you right now, but something to think about so that you don't get into that position is making sure that you are clear right from the beginning and perhaps you do need to take that directorial role and make sure everybody's happy to say, listen, I want you, I want you involved, I want your input, but ultimately, I want to be able to have final say, is that cool? Like, I've kind of got a vision for what this looks like. I can kind of see it in my mind. I'm definitely open to what you think and ways that you can make it better because you've got better idea. You know, maybe you've got a better idea than I have. But ultimately, I need to be able to say, this is the direction that we're setting for the project. Are you cool with that? You know, if you just set that intention right from the beginning and, and kind of be direct about it, um, then that saves so much more worry later on of like, why is this guy like, I'm trying to do my thing and he keeps changing it, you know. Uh, if you've set that intention right at the beginning, it makes it a lot easier. So what projects have you got in mind? Is there something missing in your work currently? Uh, is there an idea that you like to get off the ground, but it's not necessarily something that can work alone? And if that's the case, maybe a collaboration is on the cards, but it's just important to have that question in mind. How much control are you prepared to give up? So nice and short one today. We've had quite a few uh, sort of big, uh, you know, listicle type uh, episodes with lots of things to think about. So it's nice to have one that's a, a little bit more uh, of a chill vibe. So uh, that is it. Now for my extra shots, this is something that I want to let you know about that I think you might uh, find useful. If you were a podcaster, then check out uh, The Weekly Tweak, which is Ashley Hamer's newsletter. It's one podcast tip every week to refine your show over time. This is so much in my wheelhouse is why I'm already a subscriber because you know I'm all about like what are the small tweaks that we can do? What's one thing we can do? Which of course we will get to in a moment. Um, what is one thing we can do every day to just nudge us along and just get us that little bit better over time? Uh, if you've got something that you want to share with the class, then drop me an email, mark at morningcreative.fm. Uh, now we move on to a comment uh, from Brendan, uh, who got in touch to say, great comments about the glorious Enneagram. 
Your number is based on your intention and not your actions. So it can be tricky for an online test to accurately type a person. This, hello, this is Mark dropping back in again to say, this was on, uh, of course, the discussion on the Enneagram from last week uh, and how these this personality test and how the different numbers may influence how we approach creative work. And then uh, Brendan goes on to say, consider learning a bit more about each type using the wings and stress or security numbers to help triangulate and type yourself. So he's sort of making the case here for learning a bit more, obviously, about the Enneagram, if it's something that you're curious about as a way of understanding your attitude to creativity and what you might need from a creative project, what you might need in this case from a collaboration. So learning a bit more about that if you're curious uh, and perhaps rather than diving into a test, maybe sitting down with a practitioner and getting them to have some sessions with you. I think this is not something that gets done in 15 minutes or even an hour. It it might take a few sessions, but it, it will yield something a lot more accurate. That said, there are some really accurate tests out there as well, but uh, you might need to work with someone first to get access to those because they can be expensive. But yeah, either way, it's something to really dig into if if you find it interesting. So thank you, Brendan, for your comment. At Hello Stedman is where you can find me online if you have got anything of your own. Now, next time, we're going to look at increasing your luck surface area. What does that mean? Why is it awesome? Because it kind of is. And how do we do it? So that is for tomorrow. Now, uh, if you do one thing today, think about a project that's outside of your comfort zone. What would you want to make if only you had that one missing skill? Search your contacts or your social media friends and see if you can find someone that you can collaborate with and ask them, do you want to play with me?